Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wishing you were here. I stopped believing all the journey told me don't before I call it a day. Maybe this will be my year. Maybe this will be my year. Maybe this will be my year. Hello everyone, welcome back to the SC Report podcast for another week. Two weeks down in the 2018 season. 24 weeks to go and the all-important round three this week with the first lot of price rises coming in. I think the scores were a lot better for most of us this week and my co-host as always is Wenin. Mate, I think you and I, mate, we jumped up quite a bit along with a lot of other people this week, didn't we? Yeah, not a bad round for me. I had 1,200. Could have been a lot more without the likes of Moses and BJ, but um, yeah, jumped up uh, 30,000 places to six and a half. How about yourself? Beautiful, mate. Well done. I had 11.58, so I think I'm I'm probably five or ten points ahead of you, uh, just inside the top 6,000. So, again, basically playing with 16 players, thanks to bloody Moses, weren't we? Yeah, Moses. Mm. Let's not mention that name too much, because I'm sure that he's going to um, be brought up a little bit in this podcast, and um, particularly as you and I both own it. Agreed, mate. And what about your mate, Justin? How's he going? Jesus, he's flying, isn't he? So we'll get him on the podcast very soon. Um, albeit that he's living, <laughs> albeit that he's 25, he's living in a century not known to us and doesn't currently have Skype. So um, as soon as he downloads that, we'll get him on the podcast and have a chat. But he's coming fourth, and it's a dramatic turnaround from the guy <laughs> that, who owned Jalen Feeney last year. And um, finished way outside, I think, the 10,000 or 20,000. So he's had a pretty uh, phenomenal first couple of weeks and deservedly sitting fourth overall. Beginner's luck, I'd say. Oh, I don't know. It's not beginner's luck, mate. He's been floating around for a bit, but he's he's been more focused on head-to-head draft and everything. Knows a lot about rugby league, but I pretty much think it's before. <laughs> it wasn't until that him and I became good mates and then all of a sudden he's ranked fourth overall. That's a joke. You know that's not true. You know you're having no impact on his good form at all. But great to see someone that we know right at the top of the charts. And good to see a lot of other people on SC Talk moving up this week as well. I think it was a very good week for a lot of people after a bit of a horrible round one. Our big show tonight, we're going to get stuck right into it. We're going to knock out the teams very quickly and spend the bulk of the show on buy, sell, hold. So, mate, I'll quickly go through the teams uh, and then I'll just throw to you at the end um, just to add any comments that you've got because, you know, they've been out for for a day or so. Most people have seen all of the changes. Uh, Thursday night, we've got Storm and the Cowboys. No changes for the Storm. For the Cows, Hess is into the starting lineup and Morgan returns. Ethan Lowe's on the bench. Bulldogs versus Panthers is the early game Friday. Uh, in a bit of a surprise move, Frawley's been dropped, so Marshall King starts. Tolman is named at lock for the Dogs. 
And for the Panthers, Leota replaces the injured Sam McKendry on the bench. Best wishes to McKendry, third ACL in three years, unfortunately. Kakao named to start again, but looks but probably likely to, to go back to the bench as he has done the first two weeks. Tigers and Bronx. Tigers, Thompson at fullback again. Nofo's in the side also. Elijah Taylor's out. Eisenhuth starts at lock and is a massive daily fantasy play this week. No sign of Lola here. And for the Broncos, Tom Opacic replaces the injured Kahu, but Jack Bird could be a late inclusion after being named on the extended bench. Saturday, Raiders and Warriors. BJ named to play, but probably unlikely. Caesar and Williams in the starting lineup with Austin benched, and Charlie Gubb is out injured. For the Warriors, unfortunately, our popular rookie Papali has injured himself and he's out for six weeks. So Pulu starts, passes onto the bench, and there's a change there in the utility with Jazz Tavaga coming into the side. Rabbits versus Manly. For the Rabbits, uh, Hunt replaces Fui Mayono on the bench in the only change, and Manly is unchanged. Para and the Sharks. For Para, after getting absolutely pumped last week, Alvaro starts ahead of Evans. Bo Scott is back to take his spot on the bench with Kenny Edwards joining the bench as well and Brad Takarangi is unfortunately out with an injury. And for the Sharks, Jesse Raman uh, looks like he's going to play centre. Luke Lewis is hovering around on an extended bench. Two games on Sunday, Gold Coast versus Dragons. For the Titans, Ash Taylor returns and Cardi is back at lock. Wallace comes onto the bench for his first game of the year, pushing Keegan Hipgrave out of the side. The Dragons are unchanged. And for the Roosters, unfortunately, Daniel Tupo suffered that pec injury. He's going to be out for two or three months. So Reese Robinson is back, um, a name from seasons past there. Back onto the wing. Dylan Napa starts ahead of Warrior Hargraves. Madison starting at second row again. And for the Knights, Bureau is onto the bench and Safiti drops off. So a few little bits and pieces there. A couple of injuries as well, isn't there, mate? Yeah, mate. I think you've covered it quite well. And, um, you know, we'll go through it in detail as we start to talk about some of the players that are, you know, I guess in the top few bought and, and sold and throughout the, the week so far. So, yeah, it hasn't really been that much of a, um, you know, too, too much news coming out the the team list. So let's just get straight into it, I think. Straight into it. Let's go straight on to the buys. And I might hand over to you, mate. Why don't you give us a few, sort of pr- give us a few premiums and give us a few cheapies who people should be on the lookout for this week. A few, mate. I've got a list of about thirty players in front of me. So, so, so how, how about we just? I'll, I'll just start talking through, and let's. Yeah, I'm going to talk through the guys that I think are, are quite relevant anyway. So, let's just work through the the most expensive. So, the top two for me, um, at, I'm looking at is Gareth Whitlock and, and Nathan Cleary. So they've been, been both on fire. Of late, so and the reason why I'm discussing them is because I do own Moses. I need to sell Moses. He's going to lose cash, and the Eels have a tough draw coming up. But we'll talk about him a little bit later on. So Widop has been on fire, mate. Uh, average scores of 85, and had a cracking year last year too. BE 49, so in all likelihood he, he should go up in value this week. And price is 650k, so very expensive. So he's my number one target. Um, they have six of the uh, the next nine games at home, and we know what his average is. 
um, for home games. So I'm expecting him to fly, and he does play the Titans this week too, who have conceded, I think, the most or the second most amount of points to halves this year to date. Um, the second is Nathan Cleary, and the guy is just an absolute gun. So again, he's priced quite highly at 620k, BE of 50, but you know he's just been flying at the moment. But for me, he has a little bit of a tougher draw coming ahead. I think his next three games are away, so I've got Gareth Whitlock ahead of him uh, as a as a Moses owner. What about yourself, Nick? Yeah, I like the I like the Whitlock selection as well. Uh, I think I'll be going down for Moses. I don't have any money to go up, so I'll be looking at a mid-pricer like a Pangai or a SSA, someone like that. Uh, why do you prefer these guys ahead of Sean Johnson? So I've currently got Sean Johnson, and what that? why did my voices go ah, like that? Anyway, um, so I've got Sean Johnson on my wait list, mate, um, and the reason being for me is just, I don't know, I think that the, the Warriors have been quite... Not lucky, but they've had a, a pretty nice opening to the season and they've performed well. If you look at their next, say, eight games, it, it does look a little tricky, starting with the away game to um, to Canberra this week. So I know that everyone's going to be jumping on him and, and that's you know coming through in terms of the, the Supercoach stats, I think it's called, not Supercoach Gold, in terms of the, the most traded in player at the moment. And I just think the other two are, are better from my perspective for... for you know, from a pod. Okay. Fair enough, mate. Uh, fullback this year is absolutely stacked. Um, you know, Ponga, Tedesco, and Tommy Turbo, obviously. Ponga performing great, so a definite buy option there. And it's it's unfortunate that it is so stacked because it means there's no room for RTS. Basically, averaging 100 almost through the first two weeks, Warriors have looked a million bucks, but... Obviously, if, if Johnson's got a tough draw coming up, obviously RTS does as well. And it's difficult to fit him in with those other three guys there, isn't it? Yeah, you can't pick him over the two guys you named and also Ponga. Um, unfortunately, you know, he's performed so well and and the, the, the fullbacks are just so stacked this year. So you, you couldn't really pick him above the three guys that were previously mentioned. No, Agreed. Now, many people are saying Rapana's the only centre-wing gun this year, but James, Jimmy the Jet Roberts and Blake Ferguson are trying to prove that wrong, averaging 70 and 74 respectively in the first two weeks. Would you be considering either of these guys? Yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them, mate. Um, even if we start with James Roberts, and I think that the Broncos have played one game home, one game away. They've got a few games coming up away, which isn't fantastic. But, I mean, he scored 63 points last week without a try. And for me, that he's the only elite back so far with Rapana. So he's priced almost $100,000 less than him. And, you know, if you started with him, well done. If you didn't, then he's a potential trade in option this week. But in saying that, he's probably a player that I'm targeting, um, like Milford, uh, for about round nine. Okay. And what about Fergo? The, the Roosters have really been going down that side a bit this season. Look, with the injury to Tupo, they could potentially be going down there even more going forward. Yeah, definitely. And his base stats have been off the chart so far. So he's had 36 base stats per game, uh, which is a, a step up from last year. And the fact that he's priced under 450k makes him a very easy trade option from the likes of a BJ Leilua and Let's just remember how good he was previously and last year uh, from memory coming back from an injury, I think. Um, he's a very talented footballer. The, 
the Roosters are going to be extremely good. And, and as you rightly pointed out, that they've got Reese Robinson coming in to replace Tupo. Mitchell has been pretty ineffective, and you know it seems like the Roosters are going down the Ferguson Manu side. Agreed. Uh, Trent Merrin's been really good first two weeks. Uh, only fifty-four minutes, but averaging seventy-eight points. And the injury to McKendry could potentially mean more minutes for Merrin uh, as it cools down as well. I think his minutes will increase. So you and I have both got him, but he's he's a definite buy option for people this week as well, with a break even of only nineteen. Uh, player a little bit different is Tohu Harris, uh, averaging 70 through the first two weeks. We know that he's been a gun in seasons past and obviously has lost that dual centre wing eligibility this year, which doesn't help. But would would you still um, recommend him as a buy? Yeah, and if you look at what happened last week, that right side edge was fantastic. And so I think that he's got the points of 68 and 71 so far. Um, you know, his base is up from 45 to 50 points per game this year, which is, you know, expected because he spent some time in the centres and the halves last year. So, you know, I think he's one of the – could potentially be one of the better second-row forward keepers this season uh, and priced at a little bit over 500K. And very similar to Merrin, he looks a, a pretty shrewd buy. Yeah, he looks like definitely worth considering – there's three mid-prices that a lot of people are looking at this week, and it's either Madison, Essa uh, Essa, or Pangai from the Broncos. Now, Madison played the 80 last week, and he's named to start again this week. He's averaging 71 with a break-even of 1. He is 70K more than Essa Essa, who's averaging 58 with a break-even of 2. And then Pangai is another 12K less, averaging 64. Did have that try last week with a break-even of negative 14. I'm going to be on one of these three. I haven't really decided who yet. Um, and um, what do you think? What do you think? I'm probably maybe leaning towards SASA, to be honest. Yeah, that's not a bad call. So let's just step through, I guess, most expensive to uh, to Lee. So Brian Madison, so for starters, I'm definitely not picking him in my second row. He's just a selection if you're going to be um, looking for him as a centre wing keeper and price of 422000 the, the query for me, mate, is that if you look at what he's done so far, you know, he, he particularly last week, in producing what he did, I, I, with Orbison on the bench, I can't see him playing much more than 55 to, to 60 minutes. And, and if he's a point-per-minute player, which is seemingly what he's produced to date, you know, that's going to be 55 or max 60 points um, with not much else apart from that. And is that really what, what you want from a keeper? Because he, he's not going to earn you much cash. And yes, he is a step below the likes of a, uh, you know, a James Roberts or a, or a partner, and that's fine. Uh, and even a, a Josh Mansour as well. But the fact is that, you know, do you want a 55 average or a 60 average centre wing? Probably for me, no. He looks very attractive now because he's playing as a second row forward, and but he's not going to be an 80-minute with Orbison on the bench, with Corden there particularly as well. So for me, I'm probably not going to purchase him this week. Um, let's look at SASA then. He's been fantastic with scores of 64 and 51 uh, and minutes over 50. So, you know, he does look like he's going to earn some cash, but again, it's probably only about 80K. And do you want a player that's going to be averaging you know, 55 to 58 as a keeper for your front row. For me, no. Um, I'll probably be looking at Tevita, Tevita Pange, who Junior, who 
you know, his price is a little bit lower. Um, we've seen what he did last Friday, and he's going to earn a lot of cash. And you know, I, I think based on the calc that he's going to earn around about 130k or so um, profit all up. And you know, he's a PPM monster, and, and really for me, the sky is the limit for him. So, out of all those three guys, I'm looking at Pangai, uh, then probably SASA, and then Madison. Um, yeah, I just really wish that Madison was about 100k cheaper. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm probably preferring SASA because he's getting more minutes than Pangai. And <coughs> sorry, um, I understand Pangai had a, a good score last week, but it was inflated by that try and that line break. Without that, without those attacking stats, he scores like 45 or so. So that's why I'm probably leaning towards SASA. He's only available in front row, which is a bit of a letdown. But I think I can make that work with a Moses out. Um, and Cardi up into 5.8th, and then a Mark Nichols up into the second row, and then SASA in my front row to sit there alongside Fafita. Um, so that that's where I'm looking, and I have him slightly ahead of Pangai, but I don't think there's much between them. Yeah, I mean, I have to disagree with you a little bit there. I mean, don't forget that Pangai also had a try disallowed as well. So that was two tries within the space of 40 minutes, and, and to be fair, he looked like... You know, he looks so damaging every time he had the ball. And, you know, to, to go that close, like he just looks like a Jason Tamalolo clone or even a Cohen Hess as well. So I think that the tries and the line breaks are just a facet of his game. And I don't think you can discredit them and, and discount them away from his scores. And, you know, SASA is an extremely different player. He's just a base point, um, you know, monster. And, and, and the fact is that you're not going to be happy with a 55 or even a 60 point per game um, average from your top two front row forwards at the end of the season. And I think you'll need to eventually trade out SASA. So is 80,000 or so worth the trade? To me, it's not, but I guess that's up to you. Mm, All right, I'll think about it. Uh, We're getting down into some of the negative break-evens now. Um, A lot of these guys most people will have. So Connor Watson has got a negative 17, Petahiku negative 38, Slade Griffin, negative 39, Kanar, 57, Sammy, 37, Lodge, 21, Isako, negative 17, Sao, 27, Kakao, 51, and then Croker, negative 40. So all those guys have got negative break-evens by those numbers I mentioned. Most people have got a lot of them, I think, if not all of them. Uh, I've got most... um, Probably is it worthwhile talking about Slade Griffin? He's probably the one who a lot, of, a few people stayed away from, myself included. Uh, he's two fifty k break even, negative thirty nine. Only scored forty one in round two in full eighty minutes. So he he's not one for mine. I don't think he's gonna get up too much. You know, look, he'll make a hundred, maybe a hundred fifty k or so. Um, but I'm not going to waste the trade on him. I'm going to focus on other areas of my team. Um, and then Liggy Sow from the Warriors, with the injury to Papa Lee, I think Liggy Sow becomes a little bit more relevant. Uh, his job security improves a bit, and he's probably one there with the negative 27 break-even that I would actually be looking to bring in. Uh, what do you think about the rest of these guys? Yeah, so, I mean, let's start with Slate Griffin, mate. So I think you're really on the money there, and... and you know, speaking of money, that I can see him only increasing by about 100k, and, and forecasting that that if he averages 40 points per game or 45 points per game going forward, and you know his PPM last weekend was horrible, even though he played the 80 minutes. So I'm probably going to avoid him. He's priced above some pretty good 
rookies, such as a you know a sow, and a sow's position looks relatively safe. However, you don't know what's going to happen uh, when Mannering comes into the side. So Papa Lee out definitely does help, but you know there is some risk and uncertainty there, and and the same. You know, as Tanganoa as well. So I'm kind of maybe steering away for South just because of that point, and also steering away for for uh, for for Griffin. And, and but the player that is attracting a lot of interest this week is Corey Thompson um, from the Tigers. So he's priced at three hundred and twenty thousand, break even of forty five, negative forty five. So he's been really really good. Obviously left the NRL for a little bit to the Super League back. Uh, and then with Lolo here, reports are that he's out for quite a few weeks now. I think it's four to six weeks he, he's missing. So he looks to have locked up that position to fullback for at least a little bit. And we'll see some nice price rises, which makes him a little bit more attractive than what I was potentially thinking. Um, he is priced very awkwardly, but if he does say fullback, are you interested there? Um, probably, yeah, look, probably not as excited about him as some others, but... He could be a downgrade option for BJ, definitely. You know, you bank a bit of cash there. And he there's there's every chance that he could be a low-range centre wing keeper. He's looked really good uh, in the first two weeks, especially the first week. I didn't see a lot of the Tigers game last week, uh, but I know the week one against the Roosters, he really impressed me. So I think a BJ to Corey Thompson, is it's not the worst move. It's, it's not going to um, bank you as much cash as some others, but... It could be going to a low range keeper who yeah, a guy who could develop into a low range keeper by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean so he had ninety seven and fifty four in his first two games, had the, obviously scored the try in round one, averaging thirty one base points uh per game so far. So that's pretty good but probably what you'd expect from, you know, a fullback and, and Tigers have been a lot better than what we'd thought they were gonna be as well. So um, you know, he's looking a lot better with Lolo here out, but yeah, I think he's a little bit too awkwardly priced for me. And, you know, he will see that big price rise this week, but I think it'll, um, you know, might die off after that. And, and don't forget that the Tigers still do have a really tough draw ahead. They, they face the Broncos this week and then they have the Eels. Um, they've got the Storm again, and, and I feel that the Storm will be a different side this time around. And then they've got Manly. So, um, yeah, it looks pretty tough, but, um, it could be worth the gamble, but not one that I'm going to take. Yeah, yeah, agree. All right, mate, we might just break for a second here for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll get back into it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so if we're going to buy, obviously, two players this week, we need to sell two players. And there's a bunch of guns who are underperforming. 
Paul Gallen is the top of the list with a break-even of 148. Only averaging 51 minutes. Uh, he's he's probably got to go at the price if you've got him. If you don't have him, like myself, let's hope that he drops to 520, 530k and we can all jump on in four or five weeks' time. Jack DeBellin's been slightly underperforming, although he's still averaging 62. Tim is only averaging 22. He's got to go... And Ryan James, you've got him here on the sell list. Averaging 55, break-even's only 69, so his price is not going to dive, but you don't think he's getting enough work to be um, considered that front-row keeper this year. Yeah, no, playing on the on the edge, mate, it's not working uh, for him, so he needs to be playing in the middle. Uh, even if he's getting reduced minutes, he's just not getting enough work, so he's irrelevant um, for mine. He's produced his best playing um, you know, in the middle. So I, I wouldn't, that's not what you've bought him for. So I'd be selling him. And maybe just before we step through the rest of the guys, Matt, I think we, it's worthwhile just giving a little bit of attention to Philip Sammy um, as a buy. So he, he, to me, along with uh, Richard Kenner, is the, the, you know, the, the well, I know must have is a, as a, is a big word, but from a cheapy perspective, um, you know, price just a little bit above that 200,000. He's looked really, really good in the first two games. Uh, with the, the Titans and, you know, base points per game of 29. Um, you know, it had that really difficult away game against the Warriors and was unfortunate not to have scored a try with one disallowed. So, you know, with price around 234, we we're just talking about Corey Thompson, but, you know, if I'm comparing the two, I'm going to go with Philip Sammy. I, I see that uh, the Philip Sammy was probably going to earn more money. And if you And that's one of the biggest tricks that people can get sucked into about picking a player like a Corey Thompson who has looked really, really good. But if you do some of the math and work through it, um, you know, the facts are that the cheaper player is going to earn you more money. And, and I don't think that either of those guys is going to be keeper. So when in doubt, always go with the cheaper option. So Sammy for me is the better option over Thompson. But yeah, jumping back through the, the buyers you spoke of there, we just talked to, to Ryan James, but each of the ones that you've discussed, I kind of agree with. The other one I've got there, mates, um, and the only reason that I put him down was Matthew, was Dufty, was just because people were looking at him as potentially a pot option, and, you know, he really hasn't delivered so far. So if you don't own Ponga or RTS, uh, assuming that you can't afford the top two guys, then I'd probably look to move him on. Yeah, I was I was this close to picking Dufty as a pod, uh, but I went Ponga in the end. I would be absolutely pissed off if I went Dufty over Ponga. So, yeah, he's he's got to go, definitely. Latrell Mitchell, he'll survive in my team for another week just because I've got bigger issues. But he hasn't he hasn't looked good. He has moments of brilliance. Um, you know, came close to scoring a try on the weekend, which would have been nice. But he's a, he's a luxury sell, in my opinion. If you don't have any bigger issues than him, move him on. Um, and Mitchell Moses, he's got to go. Two yellow cards in two weeks, plus a HIA in week one. Plus the yields are rubbish, and he scored six points on the weekend. So you've got here, He if he scores 50 this week, he's still going to drop in price by 50K and have a break-even of 80-plus next week. So got to go, got to go, doesn't he? Yeah, and it's a difficult one. And I know that you've been pretty well, firm on holding him. So this is a little yeah, bit I'm of a... up and down, up and this down. Is, <laughs> this is a bit of a different... Uh, position that you've been moving in. So all that I've heard from you is like, nah, I'm holding Moses. So what you just said then is the reason why I'm trying to trade him. And let's not forget that the Eels have a pretty tough tough draw ahead as well with games against the Sharks, 
Till we get to the Tigers, who, um, and this is a really weird fact for you, mate, but they've only allowed one player this year to score over 60 points. And, and if you had a look at the Tigers from last year, that is phenomenal. So they're no easy beats, and they're also looming as a very good defensive side. And if you look at how they played against the Storm last week, creating lots of penalties, um, you know, it wasn't a super coach friendly game, then, you know, Moses could have a pretty tough time this week. So. And then they've got Raiders and Manly, who have both looked relatively okay this season, particularly Manly. So I'm predicting that he's going to lose a bit of K. And you know what? If he does turn it around in a few weeks when the draw does become a little more favourable, then pick him up really cheaply. But um, I'm not looking at him as being a hold. And, and we started with Whitlock, and we also started with Cleary. There's also Sean Johnson. There's Milford that's going to come good. There's, Short, there's uh, Thurston... The halves are frankly just so stacked, and I don't see Mitchell being, sorry, Moses being in the uh, in the top four halves this season, and for that reason that I'll be moving him on because he's not a keeper. Yeah, I'm done with him. He's got to go. Takiaho, he's got to go. Not getting the minutes and not kicking the goals either. Jared Hayne, again, I was this close to including him in my side, and I'd be really pissed off if I did. He's just useless. He's got to go. BJ Leilua, are you selling him? Yeah, listen, I was really quite buoyed about what he had done, um, you know, in a, in about 90 minutes of football this year. He looked really, really good in the first game. As I said last week, was surprised at how low his supercoach points were. And even in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the, the game last week, he looked, you know, quite good and, and willing to get in. But he's going to miss weeks now. He, I know he's been named, but there's no way that a play gets stretched off with an ankle injury. He couldn't walk. Nah. there's no way that he plays. I think that he'll miss one or two, maybe even three weeks. And the reason why I brought him in was because the, the Raiders had a good early draw. He's going to now miss that, and he's going to lose cash with the break-even of 78. So uh, that's a risk. It didn't pay off, so I'm going to move him on now and downgrade him to Sammy. Uh, and, you know, that Sammy, I think, will produce very similar points to, to Leilua this year. Yep, I think that's a smart move. Leilani Latu, he has to go. He's useless for Supercoach. And then Luciano Leilua, he's, he's been absolute trash as well. Again, I've got bigger issues than him. He, he can't really drop too much in price. He's already almost at base. So I'll be forced to hold him, but luxury trade of him to a sow or, or someone like that uh, would be good. What, what do you think about my proposed Latu to Arrow trade? I know Wallace is back, but Arrows looked really good the first two weeks. I think he's going to get minutes even with Wallace back, and I'm I'm confident in him sort of averaging around that 55 to 60. I think. Yeah, no, I don't like it at all. Um, I've told you that. I think well, you. Good, I'm you, doing it. I think you're better off going with a pan guy instead of Arrow. Arrow played lock last week. He got a ton of minutes. Um, and I'm just going to pull up the exact minutes that he played uh, He's a beast, now, though. but I can. He's a I, know, beast. I know, but let's let me just delve into facts because I don't. I know you don't like looking at that, mate. But last week he he played 64 minutes. The week before he played 48. Uh, Cartwright shifting to the halves. This week he's not going to play any more than 48 minutes with um, uh, with Wallace there. You know, I just don't see the upside there as much as you did. I think that last week was a one-off. Fantastic for daily fantasy sports. 
But, uh, yeah, not for me going forward. And, and I, I think just even touching on Latu, mate, like we both do have a lot of issues in, in our sides. I personally am not going to be trading Latu this week just because he's the least of my problems. Um, you know, he's got a break-even of 45, and uh, Leilua has a break-even of 46. So um, I'm probably going to hold those guys and just um, look to trade them out next week with some much bigger issues. Yeah, I think Latu's... I'm, I'm moving him. Latu just... So I watched the Titans game last week, and um, he just looks... Slow, disinterested, doesn't really know when to run. He's not willing to get hit-ups. It's just really, really poor. Like, considering that Wallace is coming back, you would think that he'd be jumping out of his skin. And, and you're right, Arrow had a fantastic game and just took so many hit-ups. Like, last week alone, I'm just going to look back at it. So he generated last week, um, I can't say now, but so far he's generated this season uh, 66 points from hit-ups. So that's pretty yeah, bloody beast. good. Beast. Yeah, beast. Just kept on getting the ball. Looked really good. So I agree with what you're saying, that he's going to be good, but I can't see him averaging any more than 55 points per game this year. And at that price range, again, I just couldn't have him. I mean, 55 average, if my maths is correctly, gets you to 480K. So he's going to make 180K. Yeah, but that's a very slow burn. I'll take it. I'll take it. So what are you? So so what, wait. So what are your other options? So you're going to be looking at the likes of a, um, uh, so SAS you spoke about and a and a Pangai Junior as well was the other one. What's the reason why you, you would pick them over, or sorry, you'd pick Arrow over them? So let's just presume that he scores fifty points this week. I think that's a pretty good score, and then he averages uh, fifty. Oh, I'm going to put it in the calculator now. Via NRL Supercoach Stats.com, that's going to suggest that he has a projected profit of over in the 123k. That's still pretty good. That I mean, there's just as much chance of him scoring 50 as there is the other boys scoring 50. Yeah, I know, but the other guys have the upside. Well, there's one guy that has the upside, and that is Pangai Junior. That has the upside of the tries and also and also the other attacking stats as well. That I think that Arrow and SESA do not have. And for me, mate, what? so if you're looking at Arrow, Arrow does have – so I'm just going to pull that up now. I don't have that currently in front of me. Give me two seconds about what his current uh, break-even is. So his current break-even is sitting at – About negative seven. Negative, negative ten, I think, or negative – yeah, around about that. So, so yeah, so he's going to increase in price this week, but the other two guys are going to increase in price more and, you know – that uh, that thirty eight from the first round will roll out, so he's not the worst pick. But yeah, I, I don't know, mate. I'd probably go the other two above him. I think they've got more more assurity in in what they're going to do going forward. Pangai being talked about as an Origin player, and then SASA seems to be he's like the king prop now at, at the Knights. And, and Arrow, you really just don't know how he's going to fit into that rotation with Wallace in there. So. I would love another week, but with that negative break even, you're not going to get it. Um, so it's up to you, mate. He's definitely going to be a pot option. So um, yeah, just just do whatever what you what you think. All right, I will. I will. You will see after lockout which way I decide to go. Well, just tell us now to stop being so willful on us and just be not so scary. <laughs> no, I told, I'm sticking with Arrow. I'm going to go Latu to Arrow, and then Moses to either Pangai or SASA. So what's the strategy going forward then? So that's a, a big um, 
cash generation, and that's going to leave you pretty weak in your halves, will it? I'm assuming that'll shift <laughs> right down to five eight. And, and who who are you? What's, do you have Watson as well? Yep. Okay, so what's your plan going forward? So you're going to have to pick. Well, probably going to have both of those guys as reserves. Um, you know, yeah. what, what's your plan? Are you going to look to bring in someone pretty quickly? Nah, I'll just I'll just scrap it with Watson until I get some upgrades, and then hopefully. Maybe Milford. Uh, maybe I can get Milford on the cheap or something. I just love this. I'll, this is a classic Kirk of strategy. <laughs> I'll just see how it goes, mate. Just wing it. <laughs> All right. So now that we've worked through the, the cells, um, there's a few players here that I think that people are talking about also selling, but we should hold. And the first on my list here is Anthony Milford. Um, anyone that bought him, and I know that both Wilford and uh, also Joe did, and those guys aren't considering selling him, and, and that's for a good reason. If you did buy him, you knew that he was going to start slow. I think he had six of his first nine games away. And, uh, the difference between his average at Suncorp versus away, I think it's fifty versus uh, sorry eighty versus fifty. Um, you just got to stick with him. He's got a couple more games away now, but he's he's got a great run uh, coming after that. So I kind of question the people that bought him, knowing that, and then looking to sell. Yeah, I'd definitely be holding him. He's a genuine keeper. Um, if you got him, you know, the price rises and falls don't really matter if you're not planning to sell him. So definitely, I mean, you know, there's people like myself who are eyeing him up to buy him in, in three or four weeks' time. So definitely no point selling him. Yeah, and don't forget as well that the Broncos play Tigers, uh, Titans, and the Knights in the next three games. So yes, the Tigers have been good. The Knights have also been good, but... The Knights have leaked a lot of points, um, and they play the Titans at home, and he could score 100-plus in that game. Yeah, easy. Jared Croker is definitely a hold as well. Uh, he came. He had quite a decent game on the weekend. No point selling him. The next two guys on your hold list here, Jesse Bromwich and Matt Scott, I think that they're both sells uh, personally. Uh, I was never high on Bromwich this year. I think he's just going to plod along, uh, and you should go down to one of those cheaper guys. And similar to Scott, I don't think he's going to be particularly super coach relevant there. He is quite cheap, so if you do go to a Pangaea or SASA, you're not going to make a heap of cash. But I think that they're far better options than those two guys. But why do you have those two as holds? The only reason is that they've both got break-evens that are potentially achievable with 50 and 52. Um, and, and there's, well... If I if I own those guys, which I don't, I know that I have far worse options in my side at the moment. So uh, I'm definitely going to. If I had those guys, I'd probably be looking to hold, but they would be on my sat, on my trade um, on my trade options next week for sure. They've both been disappointing. The thing with Scott, like um, like Milford, he was always going to start slow with a going back with such a big injury. Although he did start have a full preseason, so. Yeah, both of those have been underwhelming, but um, we've got bigger issues in our side this week. So with break-evens around about 50, I'm holding them. The next guy on our list is Mark Nichols, another guy which has been unbelievably poor. Um, played limited minutes last week, but, you know, it was really, really hot um, at Penrith and, and potentially that, that you know, his, his minutes were limited there. But then again, in his last trial game, he produced pretty similar stats. So he's looking to be a, a relatively dud cow. Uh, but in saying that, a break-even of 23, and, and probably I'll give him one more week, but then look to move him on. Yeah, agreed. 
Now, you've got a bunch of guys here on a wait list. So these are guys who, what, you just want to have another look at them for another week or two first before making a decision either way? Yeah, you're right. And we have discussed Sean Johnson. And, and I know that he's one of the most traded in players last week. But, you know, I, I think we just need to wait there. And he's not like going to be a pot anymore. And the Warriors play the Raiders and Roosters away, then face the Cowboys, Broncos, St. George at home, and then Melbourne away. So that is a really, really tough draw. And don't forget that they've played Souths and Titans, both sides, which I think will be in the bottom four this year. Uh, so I think people are jumping the gun a little bit on Johnson, albeit he has averaged you know, 70 points per game in the last couple of seasons. I just think that it's worthwhile waiting because I can't see him scoring as well as what he has in the opening couple of games. The next guy on my list has also performed really well. Martin Tapao has uh, averaged 71 uh, points per minute of 1.65, and, and unbelievably, I think he only played 32 minutes in the scorching heat last week. The reason why I've got him as a hold is because Darcy Lusick is coming back, and, and last year, I think in the 12 games that they played, his minutes decreased significantly, and also his output decreased as well. So uh, I'm probably going to hold on, on to power. You know, he does seem like a, you know, a really, really good option, but just with Lusick coming back... Um, I just want to see what happens with that. And with a break-even of 53, there's no rush. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I had him for a stage last year, and he's very frustrating to own when he just stands out the back of the line and doesn't take hit-ups. So no, I will not be going near him just, just because I've been hurt in the past. But, yeah, no need to rush with that break-even of 53. A couple of halves here next, DCE and Cody Walker. DCE obviously had a massive game on the weekend, uh, was on track for 200 at one stage, but pulled it back in the second half. Uh, and then Cody Walker, he's scored a bunch of tries in the first two weeks to average 70. So not keen to jump on these guys straight away. No, I mean, if you look at Cherry Evans, for me, that's a perfect example of chasing last week's points. In round one, he had just 41 points. So if you compare that to 133, that's a huge variance. And even this year, he's got a coefficient of variance of 75%, which is extremely bad. Um, and let's not forget that he's kicking at the moment. And, and we've got Dylan Walker coming back, and you'd assume that he'd uh, take over those duties once he returns, and that would impact on Cherry Evans's uh, output. And the fact is, as well, let's, let's look at it from a, where we want to be at the end of the season. We've got four halves to pick from, and they're so good this year that you want to have four good halves, in my opinion, and that Cherry Evans won't be in the top four. So I'm just going to miss that. A lot of people will get sucked in and pick him after his massive score of 133, but I'm going to dodge it. And Cody Walker, albeit that his score averaged 70 points per game, I've actually been a bit disappointed with him this year. Um and that is really weird to say, but you know he has scored, I think, you know, 26 points per game on average coming from tries. So, and he doesn't kick goals. So if you take those tries out, yes, he might be that kind of player. But we saw what happened last year when his tries dried up, and yes, that was from fullback. But I'm a little bit concerned there, and, and kind of want to see what happens with him with a break even of 39. Also, he's, there's no reason to jump uh, on him. No, agreed. Elliot Whitehead has started the season well, but he could play some time in the centres potentially as cover for BJ. So he's a, a wait and see. And he's also and he's also scored two tries this season as well, mate. So he, his points are inflated uh, 80 minutes per game, but a lot of that has been spent 
well, some of that has been sent in the centres already covering for other players. Yep, for sure. A couple of guys here with break-evens around the 50 mark, Mansour and Cameron Murray. So Mansour scored really well uh, in round two without Peachy there inside of him. But with the break-even of 53, there's no need to jump on immediately. Let's have another look at him this week. And then Cameron Murray, break-even is 47. Uh, starting at lock this week, looked really good. Again, similarly in round two to Mansour. But with that break-even, no need to go too hard too early on either of those two guys. No, you nailed it on the head there with Mansour. So let's just see what happens uh, with uh, you know, without Peachy, he's almost a lock. Um, I think he had over sixty points in base last week, so he's someone that I'm definitely going to be considering. And hopefully, with the cash generation that I'll have this week, I can upgrade um, you know one of my guys to him. And then Cameron Murray is another one that I'm potentially looking to upgrade, say Latu to in the coming weeks. Um, he's not going to increase in price by much this week with the break even of forty seven, and you know he played. Uh, 54 minutes last week and with base of 55. But, you know, I think that, you know, if he's only going to be getting 54 minutes per game, that's not what you what you want, particularly from a second-row keeper. And, and he's priced very awkwardly, just below 400K. So if you're buying him at that price range, you're expecting him to be a keeper. Um, he's not worth the trade-in and then also to trade out. Um, so I'll be probably, you know, avoiding him unless I can see the increase in minutes. Yep, yep, for sure. Esan Masters is at an interesting price of 470k. It's probably too high to make him a real option, but he has performed very well initially in the first two weeks. Uh, and then Asafa Solomona from Melbourne is around that 350k mark, but he's just not getting the minutes as some of the other guys who we spoke about a bit earlier. So even though his break-even is 9 He's a very risk versus reward player, uh, and I think I'd select the other the other sort of guys that we spoke about earlier ahead of him. Yeah, I mean Masters has been fantastic in the opening two weeks. He took over the goal kicking duty last week with Lol here out, and we'll continue to doing that with him out as well this week and going forward. Uh, his base stats fell though from thirty six to twenty one. Yeah, that is a little bit concerning, and potentially the impact of Nofo coming into the side. Um, you know, was did result in that. Uh, and, yeah, he's priced really awkwardly at 470. With that being said, he has looked very good, so he could be potentially a pot option. And then Nass, um, yeah, the minutes are a massive concern there, just 39. He's done really well so far to average 56, but, again, he's not a player that I'm going to be targeting to sell in and probably not one that I'm going to be, sorry, to, bot, to, to trade in and not one that I'm going to be looking to sell either at the moment. Yeah. For sure. All right, mate. Well, look, we're coming towards the end of the pod. Uh, So I think for me, you know, most people nailed most of the rookies this year. You know, maybe there's a Slade Griffin or a Philip Sammy or a Liggy Sal that people missed on that they might want to jump on this week. But it seems to be some of these more mid-priced players like SASA, Madison, Pangai, um, sorry, Arrow, you know, Cameron Murray, the likes, who who are more interesting. And it'll be it'll be sort of, it'll sort the people, the real players from the fake players out, I think, who gets on the right ones of these players this week and, and carries that forward. That's sort of where I see it at this week. What about you? Yeah, I'm still, I guess my word of warning is just around the mid-prices and, and to make sure that if they are priced over that 350K that, 
I think you effectively need to consider them a, um, a keeper. Uh, so, I mean, we, sp- we spoke about Jair and he's a little bit before, below that, but if he's just going to average a 55, then, you know, yes, that's going to be okay, but you're, you're not going to earn too much out of him. Um, and even a Cameron Murray, like if he's just going to produce what he's doing at the moment, I mean, last week potentially it was 40 degrees, other players got more of a rest than what they ordinarily would. So you kind of want to see another week in, in these guys just to see what happened. Uh, same with Pangai as well. Like, he produced a, a fantastic game last week, but let's see what happens this week. You don't have that luxury anymore with, uh, the, you know, the price rise, which is going to happen. But I think there's quite a few cheapies that are coming through. Philip Sandler looks really, really good. Sauer's position looks relatively locked up. Um, so it's always best, and I know that... You're, you're much better at the break-evens than me, but it's always best to go for the cheaper option um, because they will earn the 150 to 200K and set you up better. Uh, this week, I'm a bit torn. I'm either going to be looking at downgrading Moses like you to a sale or, or I'll be looking to upgrade him. At the moment, with Widdock playing the Titans this week and given that they've uh, conceded so many points so far, Supercoach points this year, particularly in the halves, I'll probably be looking to bring him in uh, he also does have six games at home over the next nine weeks. So um, you don't want to say that that's a short of points, but that looks like it's a good uh, you know, a good grounding for solid super coach points over the coming weeks. And he's a definite pot at around about 6% ownership right now. And the other option for me is Dan grading BJ to Sammy, who looks like you know, really, really good cow in the centres where there is an absolute dearth of them. Beautiful. Well, that's just made my decision on the banner curse. Much easier. We'll go wit up two weeks in a row, hey? Yeah, I don't think so, mate. I, I think there's <laughs> probably better options for you. And there's one that I'm looking at right now, and he's, you know, I think he's from your home country that could be a potential great option this week. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again for your time on the pod this week. Uh, thanks to everyone for downloading and listening. Make sure you check out all of the articles on the website. All of your favourites will be back as per normal, and we'll speak to you next week. See you later, mate. See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.